Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. To go where too few have gone before. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, at thewebalchemist.net, and at empoweredmanifestation.com. Also on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, and Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. I may be moving to other platforms, I haven't quite decided yet, but anyway, those are the key ones. Um, today is the 10th of July 2021, and the title of today's show is Vax Strike Force, Class Action Lawsuit, and Election Latest. So, I want to bring you up to date, if you're not already up to date, on some of the things relating to the vaccine, the um, COVID-19 situation. And I want to start with the latest uh, reports on adverse reactions. And this is from uh, Children's Health Defence. And it really highlights the absolute criminality of um, continuing to push out this vaccine, which is not a vaccine, as we all know. And also this latest push by the uh, Biden administration to talk about going to communities with low vaccination rates and even door to door. And there's been an absolute um, outrage across the Internet about this. And I'll be covering a little bit on that as well. But let me start with this uh, Children's Health Defence article, um, which is their weekly update on the latest um, adverse reactions. This is from yesterday, the 9th. Number of deaths reported after COVID vaccines jumps by more than 2,000 in one week, according to VAERS. VAERS data released today by the CDC showed a total of 438,441 reports of adverse events from all age groups following COVID vaccines, including 9,048 deaths and 41,015 serious injuries between December 14, 2020 and July 2, 2021. Data released today by the CDC included 9,049 reports of deaths across all age groups following COVID vaccines, an increase of more than 2,000 compared with the previous week. The data comes directly from reports submitted to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS. VAERS is the primary government-funded system for reporting adverse vaccine reactions in the U.S. Reports submitted to VAERS require further investigation before a causal relationship can be confirmed. Um, Bear in mind, as I've reported on previous shows, that analysis has has shown that as little as 1% of adverse reactions are reported. So this number could be much, much higher. And there was a report, I think it might have been in one of the articles I shared last week, of someone who had an adverse reaction and the hospital concerned where, where she was treated r- refused to um, report it to VAERS. But individuals are, are able to report their own issues. But the, um, the hospital concerned was ignoring or refusing to consider that the vaccine could have been the cause of her medical issues. Anyway, continuing on, every Friday, VAERS make public all vaccine injury reports received as of a specified date, usually about a week prior to the release date. 
Data released today show that between December 14, 2020 and July 2, 2021, a total of 438,441 total adverse events were reported to VAERS, including 9,048 deaths, an increase of 2,063 over the previous week. There were 41,015 serious injuries reported during the same time period, up 6,950 compared with last week. In the US, 328.9 million COVID vaccine doses had been administered as of July 2nd. This includes 134 million doses of Moderna's vaccine, 182 million doses of Pfizer and 13 million doses of the J&J COVID vaccine. Of the 9,048 deaths reported as of July 2nd, 22% occurred within 48 hours of vaccination 15% occurred within 24 hours and 37% occurred in people who became ill within 48 hours of being vaccinated. And so it goes into all the different um, breakdown of the data. Um, I'm not going to go into all of that because I want to cover some other things, but um, you can go and find that on childrenshealthdefence.org. So let's look at this uh, Vax Strike Force, which is the term that Jen Psaki actually used in one of the press briefings. Um, I've got an article here from Epoch Times, which was from July 8th. Arizona lawmaker advises people to put up no trespassing signs to deter door-to-door vaccine checks. At age 61, Daniel J. Miller of Parks, Arizona, says there's no way he's ever going to take the COVID-19 shot, even if the government comes knocking at his door. It isn't just a matter of his religious beliefs and faith in his own natural immune system that emboldens him. It's a matter of personal choice and medical privacy, Miller says. So when the Biden administration announced earlier this week that it's considering sending people door-to-door To persuade the unvaccinated, Miller's reaction was he's got to be out of his mind. President Joe Biden is way out of bounds, Miller said. There's no reason for him to say take the shot just because he thinks you should. It's your body, not his. Earlier this week, Biden lobbied for higher numbers of Americans to get vaccinated, even if it means going community by community neighbourhood by neighbourhood and oft times door to door, literally knocking on doors. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich was quick to respond. In a July 6 letter to the Biden administration, Brnovich said he was greatly alarmed by remarks indicating the possible use of medical records to obtain contact information on Americans who haven't been vaccinated. If this is the case, this is a severe breach of privacy and I will not tolerate such intrusions within Arizona, Brnovich wrote. Arizona State Senator Kelly Townsend, a Republican, advised Arizona residents to put up no trespassing signs to ward off government compliance checkers. I have spoken to local law enforcement, and if you don't want the federal government on your property asking about vaccines, they advise you to post a no trespassing sign in a visible location. This is a prerequisite to being able to charge someone for being there against your will, Townsend wrote on Twitter on July 7th. Arizona GOP chairwoman Dr. Kelly Ward suggested a more personal touch with signs for vaccine compliance checkers to stay away. Who thinks we will see a surge in no trespassing signs, Ward wrote in a Twitter post, and could, should they be individualised to specifically prohibit people from harassing you about vaccinations? And why doesn't HIPAA and or the Fourth Amendment already prevent this government harassment? Isn't our health info private? At present, approximately 157.9 million Americans, or 47.9% of the total population, have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. That percentage is well below Biden's July 4th national goal of 70%. In Arizona, 43.6% have been fully vaccinated against the CCP virus. 
Chinese Communist Party, which causes COVID-19 with nearly 5 million vaccine doses having been administered. Since the pandemic began in March 2020, the total number of COVID-19 deaths in Arizona has surpassed 18,000 residents, according to the Arizona Department of Health Services. The Delta variant of the virus now makes up more than half of all COVID-19 cases in the United States. Considering they haven't actually isolated the virus, I have no idea how they can claim different variants when they don't even have an isolate of the original. As of June 23rd, the nation surpassed 600,000 total deaths from COVID-19, according to the CDC. Um, And that isn't true either, because the CDC website actually states that only 5% of that number actually died from COVID as opposed to with COVID. It's just used to create fear and hysteria and panic. The CDC noted that it's closely monitoring what it calls variants of concern, such as the Delta variant. Um, I'm not going to go into that because some of this is just misinformation. I do like Epoch Times, but, you know, some of this is just passing on this false data that the CDC and the WHO have been pushing out to justify this ridiculous and, in my view, criminal push of the vaccine. And just to back up that criminality, I want to share another article, again from Epoch Times, and this was from today, actually. Nurse blows the whistle on the medical industry. They're not offering informed consent, and that goes against the Nuremberg Code. Last week, America's frontline doctors came to speak in Kansas City, Missouri. AFLDS founder Dr. Simone Gold brought her message that COVID-19 is nothing to fear and that there are treatments available. At the start of the pandemic, she was fired after speaking out in support of anti-malaria medication, hydroxychloroquine. At the time, President Donald Trump was praising the effectiveness of the drug, but shortly after, the FDA revoked emergency use authorization for it. Now, recent studies are confirming that low-dose hydroxychloroquine combined with zinc and azithromycin was an effective therapeutic approach against COVID-19. The Epoch Times interviewed Sarah Absher, a registered nurse who worked in the field for eight years, but quit this spring and decided to volunteer with AFLDS, that's the frontline doctors. After what she witnessed, she expressed her passion for the medical freedom fight and offered previously unseen materials to support her claims. She began by introducing herself. I love being a nurse and had the same concerns as Dr. Gold when we saw what was going on. Absher worked through the pandemic up until March 17th of this year. She said she hoped that things would change after the election, but when the big vaccine push came, she knew she couldn't in good conscience stick with the common narrative on COVID-19. Part of our job is to gather informed consent. With these vaccine trials, they're not offering informed consent. They say it's safe for pregnant women, but pregnant women were excluded from the trials. And it's got some um, screenshots of clinical data on the participation of pregnant women in vaccine trials and safety and effectiveness. So vaccine talking points. We all feel like we saw that things were not right. But physicians are all about reputation. And with today's cancel culture, they, the patients, are looking at us and trusting what we're saying. And there was this unspoken line at my job. If I had deviated from the narrative, that's why I left. When we received vaccine talking points. And this says, updated January 19, 2021. The following talking points are intended for physicians, APPs, house staff and nurses to talk to patients about the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, availability and safety. The Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines are approved for use in the United States. Our experts have been serving on local, state and national vaccine committees and reviewing data to make sure that the vaccines we offer are safe and effective. We believe both vaccines are safe, effective and will help us end this pandemic. 
We receive our vaccine supply from the state of North Carolina. We do not know when or how much we will receive, often until the day before receipt. And then it goes on to talk about the vaccination process, which I'm not going to cover. <clears throat> no claim should be made, either explicitly or implicitly, that the drug, biologic or device is safe or effective for the purposes under investigation, or that the test article is known to be equivalent or superior to any other drug, biologic or device. Such representation would not only be misleading to subjects, but would also be a violation of the agency's regulations concerning the promotion of investigational drugs. And it's got <coughs> the uh, reference there to the regulations. Uh, 21 CFR um, number 312.7 Promotion of investigational drugs A. Promotion of an investigational new drug A sponsor or investigator or any person acting on behalf of a sponsor or investigator shall not represent in a promotional context that an investigational new drug is safe or effective for the purposes for which it is under investigation or otherwise promote the drug. This provision is not intended to restrict the full exchange of scientific information concerning the drug, including dissemination of scientific findings in scientific or lay media. Rather, its intent is to restrict promotional claims of safety or effectiveness of the drug for a use for which it is under investigation and to preclude commercialisation of the drug before it is approved for commercial distribution. Absher pointed out, I'm not against vaccines. I've gotten every vaccine you can get except this one. But the more they push it, the more it repels me. It just makes me realise that the public has a fundamental lack of understanding of what clinical trials are. She explained the three long phases of clinical trials which have not been finalised for the COVID-19 vaccines. Before phase one, there is animal testing. Then phase one opens up trials for small groups of people where they are compensated for allowing themselves to be experimented on. Then in phase two, if animal testing or phase one does not show serious issues, a larger group of people is tested. Finally, if that group does well, then phase three goes forward to test even more people in hospitals with their consent. If issues are found during any of these phases, the drug must be perfected. How do we go from that to just, we're going to give this to people and if they have an, an adverse reaction, that's just that. That's the story of COVID. It's that everything has deviated from normalcy, especially the medical industry. We're seeing a lot of anecdotal evidence. We had a better system for collecting data, but we haven't been careful now. I don't understand why they're pushing so hard. If you look up FDA regulations, they're not even following their own regulations. You cannot say something is safe while it's still in clinical trials. Ashburn described her frustration with how COVID-19 has been handled. At the very beginning of all this, we didn't know, but it's okay to say we got it wrong. But doctors, especially young doctors, have trouble admitting when they make a mistake. And nurses, we often have to tell them to just be honest and admit it. She explained why she left the profession. Our job as medical professionals is to reel in the terror, but with COVID, they were encouraging it. I wouldn't go back unless medicine changed. It needs to change. Her experience with patients offers more perspective. The 2017 to 18 flu season was the worst I've ever seen. We were short-staffed. A lot of nurses and doctors got the flu, even with a flu vaccine. And patients died. But come January, February 2020, none of my patients were dying. And I work in oncology with leukaemia patients. We call them the canary in the coal mine patients because their immune systems are so weak. Medicine has become unrecognisable. Getting back to the use of controversial treatments like HCQ, she noted, it's not just HCQ and ivermectin, but there are plenty of treatments that are encouraging. What's so unique about COVID is that it didn't matter if the drug worked anymore. Medicine as a profession has become unrecognisable. She then noted how this drove her to join 
AFLDS. You can be a darling of the left one day, but if you deviate, you get attacked the next. I know we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard because we're dealing with people's lives. She pointed out that in India, when they stopped using antimalarials like HCQ, that's when the big spike hit with COVID. And when questioning why the first world is doing so poorly, but Africa is not, Africa is doing better because they take HCQ once a week to prevent malaria. So they had like no deaths. The cost of speaking out. When asked about how her family has handled her decision to leave nursing, she said, My husband is incredibly supportive. He saw me go into a deep depression during COVID. I really thought people would see and things would change. But unfortunately, not everyone is as supportive. My parents, they are 100% bought in. They're former government lawyers. In their minds, the government would never do anything wrong. Things got very divisive when the big vaccine push started. I haven't spoken to my dad and we were very close since February and I haven't talked to my mum since March. We're at war. Medical professionals like Absha, who speak out against the narrative, get cancelled and information about them gets censored, but she does hope that in coming forward, others will speak out. Now I want to go to, <coughs> it's more of an op-ed, stopworldcontrol.com. And this relates to the concerns that a lot of Trump supporters have about why Trump is pushing the vaccine. It's a very long article, so I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to focus on the key points. But um, as well as um, this hypothesis as to why Trump has been pushing the vaccines, it also goes into great detail about what the New World Order, the cabal are pushing in terms of the great reset and the title is how trump's vaccines prevent the great reset and save humanity any informed person in this world is fully aware of the severe health risks posed by vaccines especially a rushed untested experimental biological agent that is falsely marketed as a vaccine activates all the alarm bells within the educated part of humanity Naturally, many patriots are severely worried when they see a prominent leader of the worldwide freedom movement, Donald Trump, push these terrifying medical experiments. For those who never trusted Trump, this is undeniable evidence for what they have been saying all along. See, he is part of the cabal. He is pushing their agenda. We always knew it. Will you now finally wake up? That could, of course, be true. But in order to correctly interpret Trump's actions, we have to understand the nature of the enemies he is fighting and their specific agenda he is trying to subvert. So let's have a fresh look at the plans of the globalist elite. So um, at this point, I'm just going to read the headlines of this. I'm not going to read all the detail because I won't be able to cover the other topics. OK, number one, owning a world with people who own nothing. The Great Reset. Destroy the economy of every nation on earth, plunge humanity into despair and poverty, and then offer their solution, The Great Reset. Nobody would own anything and we would all rent everything, cars, houses, etc. The mind behind this plan is Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, which is working closely with the World Health Organization, the World Bank, the European Union, the United Nations and other globalist entities. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Yeah, right, while they will own everything. Slaves forever. Bye-bye humanity. Welcome transhumanism. In his notorious book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, Klaus Schwab explains how the original human race will end and make room for the next step in human evolution. We will all become cyborgs. Our bodies will be greatly altered using technology, man and machine becoming one. Mark Zuckerberg said during a public speech, I was human. And we all know how he has changed in the way that he looks. Giving up all freedom in return for being a robot. Man-machine simply said you will lose any and all freedom. Being a digitally connected man-machine, you would no longer have privacy as they would have direct access to your digitised body 
and consequently know everything you say, do, feel, think, believe, etc. They will be able to control, manipulate and direct you any way they want because your brains and nervous system will be connected to their fingertips just as our smartphones are connected and used to constantly spy on you. Giving up all freedom in return for being a robot. Artificial intelligence invented in 2015 and specifically labelled as a COVID-19 detection system today, connecting people to artificial intelligence to rule humanity. The first step is submitting the world to their control through lockdowns, vaccine passports, constant testing, track and trace systems, etc. Once that succeeds, they can roll out the next phase, transhumanism, digitising all life, eradicating original humanity, replacing everything with AI and claiming to offer eternal life in the harness of a robot. They are already making robotic bodies where humans can transfer their mind to to have eternal life. Yeah, if you think eternal life is being locked up in a lifeless machine controlled by the elite, opposing the one world superstate, <clears throat> what does this have to do with vaccines? Everything. President Trump has always been a major obstacle in these wicked plans. He made it very clear to the globalists that he is not going to allow them to destroy America and turn it into a nameless, branded slave of the New World Order. The true vision behind Make America Great Again is to prevent it from being absorbed by the monster of the global superstate. That Trump was therefore their greatest threat. That explains their unrelenting attacks on him. It also explains why he was so bashed by the media non-stop. They just had to take him out. It's also the reason why he had to be removed from office through election interference so a globalist puppet could replace him. Trump was their worst nightmare, a massive stick in their wheels. When they unleashed the pandemic, their plan was to impose vaccine mandates on all of humanity this was key to their agenda of turning the earth into one huge prison state. If life is only possible with a vaccine passport, you are a slave of those who mandate all future vaccines. And there's no way out. You can only move around if you take the next vaccine, and the next, and the next, and so on. Vaccines become the only key to a normal life. These brand new mRNA vaccines, however, serve the plans of the globalists in more horrendous ways than any sane human being can imagine. As we understand the agenda of changing humanity into easily controllable cyborgs, it shouldn't surprise us that the ultimate goal of forcing people to continually get more and more injections is in reality to inject into them an increasing amount of DNA and RNA-altering material as part of the plan to shift humanity from version 1.0 to 2.0. Transhumanism is at the very heart of the globalist agenda. Ending humanity as we know it, re reprogramming the human DNA and making us all fit to become the desired type of obedient, unquestioning citizens of the worldwide superstate run by this elite. No, it's not too far-fetched. Mark Zuckerberg... CEO of Facebook was caught on camera admitting in an insider meeting with his staff that the mRNA vaccines indeed alter the human DNA. Interestingly enough, he censors anyone talking about this on Facebook. Video footage shows how the Pfizer vaccine contains an unknown living organism. What is the purpose of this living organism inside the vaccines? Why is there so much talk about inserting nanotechnology into the human body? I believe the vaccines are used to prepare our bodies to become connected to the digital control networks. Reprogramming human bodies to increasingly become digitized, making us connectable to technology. Every new vaccine adds a little more nanotechnology, one step at a time, more and more. Besides preparing humanity for transhumanism, the vaccines also serve to dramatically reduce the world population by killing all the weak and vulnerable ones whose bodies cannot withstand this biological attack. As you are probably aware, dramatically decreasing the world's population is at the top of their to-do list. Weaken humanity by poisoning them. Thirdly, the vaccines serve to weaken the world population in general so they will be easier to control. 
A weak and tired person is only just able to work for the elite and has no strength left to ask questions or resist. This is a strategy they have been using for decades already by poisoning our food, water, air, medicine and mines. It's no coincidence that most of the food in supermarkets is industrial, highly processed, extremely toxic pseudo-food that, according to many medical doctors, accounts for 85% of all modern-day disease. It's also no accident that gas stations only offer health-wrecking snacks to the countless travellers. Fast food chains dominate every nation, offering rubbish to humanity that this world has never seen before in her long existence. All this toxic fake food is weakening humanity as never before. 90% of all modern-day disease didn't even exist a century ago. It's hard to find a fully healthy person on Earth today, especially in the Western nations. It seems as if everyone has some sort of health issues. Chronic fatigue, sleeping disorders, allergies, ringing in the ears, headaches, nervous pains, arthritis, cancer, diabetes and hundreds of other illnesses. Did I mention the worldwide epidemic of anxiety disorders, depression, autism, etc.? Statistics show children have more chronic health issues than ever before. At the same time, they are the most vaccinated children who ever existed. See the connection? Weakening the population is key to controlling them. That's why every effort to create natural medicine always faces tremendous opposition. And it's also why thousands of natural doctors have been found dead and every inventor of a cancer cure suddenly had a heart attack. As controlling, erasing and weakening humanity is at the very heart of the plans of the globalist elite, imposing vaccine mandates is critical to their success. If there's a cure, no vaccine can be mandated. Now that we know their agenda, we come to a key question. What did President Trump do to sabotage these insane plans? He started promoting cures and therapeutics for COVID-19. By doing this, he effectively removed every legal base for vaccine mandates in America because a vaccine can only be mandated if there is no cure. That's why every single cure for COVID has been suppressed by the globalists. That's also why many medical doctors who successfully treat COVID patients have been censored and fired in some cases. That's my addition. They desperately need to hide the cures for COVID because they must succeed in mandating the vaccines, both now and forevermore. So when Trump started tweeting about the cures for COVID, he simply threw a big rock into their windows. He also tweeted the famous White Coat Summit by America's frontline doctors, where safe and effective COVID cures were presented to the world, which again eradicates the need for a vaccine. The live broadcast was viewed 20 million times and then this group of medical doctors was censored by Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and their website was taken down. What did Trump do? He promoted them on Twitter. Bam! Another major blow in the face of the globalists. There are cures for COVID-19. Later, Trump and his family said they had COVID and recovered blazing fast thanks to the miraculous therapeutics they had received. Once again, President Trump removed the legal base for vaccine mandates by declaring that he, his wife and his son were cured by therapeutics. So President Trump has made it very clear to the hundreds of millions of people around the world who listen to him, nobody needs a vaccine. There are cures. No vaccines can be mandated. However, how can you save severely brainwashed people? President Trump was facing an enemy of enormous proportions in the minds of the majority of the American people and the world. For decades, the mainstream media and criminal health institutions have indoctrinated all of humanity with the lie that vaccines are the only way to stay healthy and defeat infectious diseases. As a result, President Trump had to deal with a world population that is so severely brainwashed that no matter how much he speaks about cures and therapeutics, they still demand a vaccine. Now comes the clue. Knowing that only a vaccine will be able to end the globalist lockdowns and therefore prevent the Great Reset, Trump knew he had to start pushing vaccines. So he did. 
Interestingly enough, he tweeted right after his first announcement of the Pfizer vaccine, I wish people would stop killing themselves. That says it all right there. Then Trump did something else to once and for all prevent the vaccine mandates. He rushed the development of the vaccine so ridiculously fast that they ended up being not a real vaccine but an experimental medical product. A medical experiment can never be mandated. So once again, he sabotaged the plans of the globalists to impose vaccine mandates. Also, he knew full well that the educated part of the world will be greatly alarmed by this. By making the vaccines experimental products, he gave all of us the perfect tool in our hands to warn humanity. This is not a vaccine, but an untested experimental biological agent. Whatever you do, do not take this. Thanks to the rushed, dangerous vaccine that has more adverse events than any vaccine ever, billions of people are now learning for the first time in their life about the devastating risks of vaccines in general. It wouldn't surprise me if this ultimately results in vaccines being banned from the face of the earth altogether in the future. Who knows? He gave the world vaccines, therefore the lockdowns can be ended and the plan to destroy humanity through endless lockdowns fails. The vaccines actually don't even protect you. You still need the lockdowns. Essentially, the vaccines don't do anything. You can still get and transmit COVID-19. This is what the globalists are crying out in a frenzy. Total insanity, of course, which is waking up even the most brainwashed people among us. Do you see how the strategic steps taken by Donald Trump are literally wreaking havoc on the plans of the wicked globalists? The deadly toll of choosing ignorance. Of course, it's tragic that people suffer from the vaccines. But let's be honest, the amount of information warning the world for these vaccines is so immense so overwhelming, it's indeed a conscious choice of many people to deny all this wisdom and, as Trump said on Twitter, to kill themselves. It's a basic reality in this life. When we reject sound wisdom, we end up in destruction. Only wisdom keeps us safe. If the lockdowns can be stopped, their plan fails and freedom is restored. That's what it's about. The election steal was part of the plan. And there's a Q post that's shown. Um, then there is the election fraud. Do we really think this was a surprise to President Trump and his military intelligence support group? Of course not. It doesn't matter what we believe about the military intelligence operation called Q. Fact is, they accurately predicted everything that has happened so far. It's for a reason that Q kept saying, trust the plan and nothing can stop what is coming. Of course, the election theft was part of their plan. They knew what the wicked were preparing. George Soros made it plain and clear during his speech at the World Economic Forum. Trump is a threat that will disappear in 2020. An element of allowing the election steal is that this causes all corrupt politicians to reveal themselves. So now Trump sees all the true faces and he knows who was a traitor all along. All the corruption is being exposed. Military operation. All, all in all, I believe we're seeing a very smart operation being worked out that will eventually save America and ultimately the entire world. It's for a reason that leaders from 28 countries have asked President Trump to help them defend freedom in their countries. Do I like how Trump is now promoting these vaccines and how Ivanka shows herself supposedly taking the shot? No, I hate it with every bit of my being, but I know what's at stake here. If the lockdowns continue, the nations are plunged into extreme poverty and the globalists succeed in their great reset and the new world order that will be the end of humanity as they will enforce the transhumanism agenda as the next phase. Then this world will become one technological cyber prison with only obedient cyborgs and robots. That's not a scenario for a movie. It's the insane reality these stark, raving, mad psychopaths are envisioning, all under the guise of sustainability. They only, the only thing they want to sustain is their power and control. Some insist that Trump also serves the dark side, but to me that doesn't line up. The fact that entire cults of witches and Satanists all over the world have stood up to publicly curse Trump shows how the realm of darkness hates him. 
If he was on their side, the global community of witchcraft and Satanism would never attack him like that. Never before in history has there been such an organised effort by witches and Satanists all over the world to collectively try to destroy a person. The hatred of the mainstream media against Trump also shows clearly what Trump, what camp he is in. The media only bash their enemies. Even the collaboration between several nations worldwide to steal the election is solid evidence of how Trump is a threat to the cabal. I'm convinced that there'll come a day when the election will be revisited and the righteous president, overwhelmingly chosen by the people, will be acknowledged. We are now simply in a difficult period of waiting, persevering and doing our part in this battle for the salvation of humanity. And believe it or not, all of us play a critical part. You are needed just as much as I am needed. You can do so much more than you are aware of. Praying, spreading truth, supporting other freedom fighters and so on. If we all form one voice worldwide, nothing can stop us. So even in these very challenging times, that's showing light at the end of the tunnel, I think, and um, we'll see more that's happening in the election in a few minutes. I just want to quickly touch on the class action lawsuit that Trump announced earlier this week. This is an article from the New York Post, and it's titled Trump sues Facebook, Twitter, Google for censorship of the American people. And this was from the 7th of July. Former President Donald Trump filed suits Wednesday against big tech titans Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for shuttering his accounts and taking similar actions against other conservatives in what he called the illegal and shameful censorship of the American people. The class action filings seek unspecified damages for alleged First Amendment violations that Trump said could total trillions of dollars. Trump is asking federal judges to overturn the controversial immunity protections granted to Internet companies in 1996 by declaring Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act unconstitutional. We're asking the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to order an immediate halt to stop social media companies' illegal and shameful censorship of the American people. That's exactly what they're doing, he said. We're demanding an end to the shadow banning, a stop to the silencing, a stop to the blacklisting, banishing and cancelling that you know so well. Trump said that while the social media giants are officially private entities... In recent years, they have ceased to be private with the enactment and their historical use of Section 230, which profoundly protects them from liability. It is, in effect, a massive government subsidy. These companies have been co-opted, coerced and weaponized by government actors to become the enforcers of illegal, unconstitutional censorship. Trump noted that the suits also personally target Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey and Sundar Pichai, Pichai, CEO of Alphabet and Google, which own YouTube. Three real nice guys, he added sarcastically. Trump made the remarks during a 50-minute news conference that was live-streamed from his country club in Bedminster, New Jersey, on the Rumble video-sharing website, a YouTube rival that surged in popularity following his re-election loss last year to President Biden. Trump joined Rumble last month, hours before using it to carry a rally from Wellington, Ohio. In three largely identical court filings in Miami and Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Trump alleges that his use of social media was an instrument of his presidency that became an important source of news and information about the government and a public forum for speech by, to and about government policy. He also alleges that Democratic lawmakers coerced the tech companies to censor him because they feared his social media skills as a threat to their own re-election efforts. The Democrats' tactics allegedly included convening public hearings, issuing subpoenas, dragging in the CEOs of the largest social media companies to testify publicly before Congress, and subjecting these CEOs to lengthy embarrassing questioning. 
Trump's removal from their platforms, the suits say, makes it considerably more difficult for him to act as head of the Republican Party, campaign for Republican candidates, fundraise and lay the groundwork for his own potential campaign run for the 2024 Republican Party. Nomination for President of the United States. Trump's co-plaintiffs include Dr. Colleen Kelly Victory of Colorado, an outspoken critic of coronavirus-related mass mandates, whose video on risk mitigation for a Texas church went viral on Facebook before being deleted on grounds that it violated community standards, according to court papers. During Tuesday's news conference, Trump introduced Victory as a speaker before being told that her plane had been delayed, leading him to joke that Facebook delayed the flight. The article does continue on quite uh, lengthily um, after this, and I want to move on to other things, so I'm not going to read the rest of it, but I just want to give an update on this. And this is a quick mention of a Gateway Pundit article that says, This is not random. President Trump's cases against big tech assigned to two Obama judges and one H.W. Bush judge. And this was from yesterday. When will the Republicans wake up and see that the Democrat Party is not working for the U.S.'s best interests? They work for power and will do anything to get it and keep it. We saw it in nearly every big state lawsuit after the election that Obama judges were being assigned to the cases. They had multiple documents ready before they even heard the cases, which ruled against President Trump and the American people every time. In February 2017, we reported on Obama and Carter judges making insane rulings against President Trump. We saw Obama judges obstructing justice with unconstitutional and bizarre ruling to halt policies President Trump wanted in place to protect America. And as recent as May, an Obama judge attempted to stop the pardon of Steve Bannon. Now in some of the most important cases in US history to decide the freedom of speech, we get more Obama judges. In President Trump's case against Twitter, assigned is Obama judge Robert Nichols Scholar Jr. In President Trump's case against Facebook, another Obama judge, Kathleen M. Williams. In President Trump's case against YouTube, a George H. Bush judge, Kevin Michael Moore. That's the end of that article. I just want to br- wanted to bring you up to date on that. So, as usual... Um, They're trying to sabotage the fair hearing of these cases. So let's do a quick roundup of the latest in the election fraud situation. Uh, First of all, from Washington State, State Rep Robert Sutherland announces public hearings on election integrity issues in Washington State. This is from the 7th. Um, Washington State Rep... Robert Sutherland travelled to Arizona to visit the Forensic Audit Centre in June. On Monday, Sutherland announced public hearings will be held and be scheduled regarding election integrity issues in Washington State. Robert posted his announcement on Facebook earlier this week. Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers posted this on Telegram on Wednesday. Washington is one of those states where mail-in voting was implemented and no Republican has won statewide office since that time. And another report about Washington State from Gateway Pundit. The election in Washington State may have been illegal if machines used were not properly certified. Same likely occurred in other states. This was the 8th of July. Washington State may have held the 2020 audit with election machines that were not certified. We reported in December that the Republican Party gubernatorial candidate was suing the Secretary of State related to the election. Candidate Lauren Culp had internal polling that showed him way ahead of Governor Inslee, who upset the entire state with his draconian reactions to the China coronavirus. Next, we reported on how free and fair elections in Washington State will soon be a thing of the past. Yesterday, we reported on a representative from Washington State who visited the audit in Maricopa County and now is holding public hearings on the Washington State election process. Now it turns out that half of Washington State's election voting machines may not have been legally certified for the 2020 election. If there were any upgrades to the machines or to the software used in the machines that were were tested 
by uncertified entities, then the machines were not legally certified. And then let's move on to Michigan. Again, from Gateway Pundit, breaking another Michigan lawmaker requests forensic audit of 2020 election. Benson recounts are not enough. We must examine ballots, tabulators and chain of custody, all of it. 100% fed up exclusive. Michigan lawmakers have been told by leadership and by an unelected House lawyer to sit down and shut up over the election fraud that took place in the November 2020 election. They were willing to play the game until Senator Ed McBroom released his report on voter fraud. Republican Senator McBroom, who sat through hours of testimony of Republican and independent poll challengers, who told stunning stories of witnessing potential voter fraud and intimidation by paid election workers and outside leftist agitators, claimed that he and his crack team of Senate investigators could see no evidence of massive voter fraud. McBroom's report didn't end with his opinion on voter fraud. He also recommended that Democrat Dana Nessel, the most lawless attorney general in Michigan's history, actively pursue anyone, Republicans, making a profit who are seeking answers to voter fraud in Michigan by criminally charging them. Those promoting Antrim County as the prime evidence of a nationwide conspiracy to steal the election place all other statements and actions they make in a position of zero credibility, the report said. The report did mention Matt DePerno, the courageous attorney who agreed to represent plaintiff William Bailey in his lawsuit against Antrim County, where it was discovered that over 5,000 votes were flipped from Trump to Biden in the November election. On June 22, 2020, Conservative Michigan Rep Steve Cara, Republican, was the first Michigan lawmaker to stand up for Michigan residents who don't believe their elections were free or fair. Representative Cara proposed House Bill 5091, requesting $2.5 million to perform a forensic audit of the November 2020 presidential and U.S. Senate election in the hotly contested state of Michigan. Now, in a Facebook post, one of Michigan's most reliably conservative lawmakers, Matt Mad Dog Maddock, Republican, is also calling for a forensic audit of the November election. And then we have Pennsylvania. And this is from SenatorMastriano.com. Op-ed, why, why I am initiating a forensic investigation of the 2020 general election and 2021 primary. Posted July 7th, 2021. A forensic investigation of our election results and processes for the 2020 general election and the 2021 primary will go a long way to restore trust in our system. Voting is the fundamental right of all citizens. We should continually look for ways to improve the voting process to ensure every voice is heard. Today, as chair of the Intergovernmental Operations Committee, I issued letters to several counties requesting information and materials needed to conduct a forensic investigation of the 2020 general election and the 2021 primary. We have asked these counties to respond by July 31st with a plan to comply. The counties represent different geographical regions of Pennsylvania and differing political makeups. Some are Republican while others are Democrat, which means that this will be a balanced investigation. The Intergovernmental Operations Committee is a standing committee of the Pennsylvania State Senate with oversight and investigatory responsibilities regarding activities relating to or conducted between two or more governments or levels of government, including the administration of elections across the Commonwealth. As set forth in the Pennsylvania Senate Rule 14D, each standing committee is empowered with the authority to inspect and investigate the books, records, papers, documents, data, operation and physical plant of any public agency in this Commonwealth, including county boards of elections. The article goes on to say the case for a forensic investigation of the 2020 general election is evident to any unbiased observer. And he goes into all the reasons. And then finally, this investigation is not about overturning the re results of either election. The goals are to restore faith in the integrity of our system, confirm the effectiveness of existing legislation on the governance of elections 
and identify areas for legislative reform. In light of the Governor's recent veto of a comprehensive election reform bill, HB 1300, and the refusal of his administration to seriously address the concerns of millions of our citizens, it is incumbent for the legislature to exercise its oversight responsibility. The damage to our election process will not be undone with the passing of time. I believe the only way to restore confidence in our Commonwealth's election process is to undertake a forensic investigation. By doing this, faith in our election system will be restored. The people of our Commonwealth should have confidence that their vote counts. It takes accountability and transparency to ensure that our elections are free and fair. And so another domino is about to fall. This, um, the, the increasing number of forensic audits is really encouraging. And of course, we've got Arizona that's um, way down the line on this and is, has been the um, model for all these other states to follow. And just before I wind up with the Arizona news, this is from The Federalist. New evidence indicates enough illegal votes in Georgia to tip 2020 results. In Georgia, there was both an audit and a statewide recount confirming Biden's victory, but ignored in the process was evidence that nearly 35,000 Georgians had potentially voted illegally. New evidence indicates that more than 10,300 illegal votes were cast in Georgia in the November 2020 general election, a number that will continue to rise over the next several months, potentially exceeding the 12,670 votes that separated Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And finally, Gateway Pundit Report, July 8th, Arizona Audit Update, Wesley Bolin Building, expected to finish by end of next week. Final report in one month. On Wednesday, the Gateway Pundit reported that the Arizona audit has moved into the Wesley Bolin building to resume counting and analysing data. They are double-checking all of their evidence again, as they have already done many times inside of the Coliseum. Audit workers and volunteers are not counting overnight because it is no longer necessary. Ballot boxes are still being prepared to be returned to the Treasurer's office. The Senate will retain possession of the 385 tabulation machines and they will be held in storage until the county fulfills the subpoenas for routers and passwords which were issued nearly six months ago. This is a violation of the law. The county must deliver this information to the audit team in order to complete the audit. The process of obtaining the subpoenaed information is very methodic and we need to trust the brave heroes in the Arizona Senate to get the job done, which they will. Last week, they were triple-checking the numbers by weighing pallets to verify that the number of counted ballots matched the weight of the ballots. Arizona's Secretary of State and conspiracy theorist Katie Hobbs reported this, suggesting that it was their only method of counting the ballots. This is one of many false claims furnished by Hobbs and Maricopa County officials. This week, they're quadruple-checking their numbers with paper counting machines, much like a money counter, Ballots will be counted faster than volunteers can put them into the machine and a final total will be produced. If the discrepancy numbers are as significant as we are hearing, it will be a nuclear earthquake. So lots of uh, panic from the Democrats and the rhinos, the corrupt Republicans, against these forensic audits trying to discredit them. And as I said last week... It's probably the biggest um, admission of guilt that you could imagine, the fact that they are so against these audits to prove that their chosen leader actually won, Mr. Mr. Biden. <laughs> so anyway, this is, that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, it seems to be focusing more and more on just the two key subjects of the vaccine, the COVID-19 scam, and the audit of the uh, election results from last year. So that, that will continue, and I'm sure we'll have lots more to, to report on next week. I hope you'll join me for another show next week. And I'd also like to thank Nancy for producing, as always. 
Just a reminder, find me at thesuccessalchemist.net and the webalchemist.net and empoweredmanifestation.com. And I wish you a wonderful week. Stay safe, be well, and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.